Hello everyone, it's good to have you by way of the website, Facebook, other uh, ways throughout the internet to welcome you here to the Sunday service of the Faith United Methodist Church. I'm in this building alone and um, so otherwise I would have this on and I did have it on for a while. But we are meeting outside the walls and we certainly are delighted that you are part of our congregation and our congregation that received, uh, receives this uh, video every week. I send it to them. You can go to faithunitedmethodist.church at our website, faithunitedmethodist.church, and all the sermons, previous sermons are there, stories about the church, uh, activities that we have and will resume in uh, the near future, I hope. We are all staying in touch with each other, praying for one another, and receiving prayers uh, for you. We're also receiving our offerings from our members, and I want to remind you on behalf of Fran Duncan, who sent this message, that um, in the news section of our website, our special offering for September will be for Well Root Family Services, which is the United Methodist Children's Home. And Well Root's theme in 2020 is Amazing Grace Offering. For nearly 150 years, Well Root Family Services has nurtured the feeling of home for Georgia's most vulnerable children, teens, young adults, and families. When you give to Well Root, 100% of your gift provides children and families the power to realize their God-given potential. Give a gift that nurses the soul and keeps, helps create a safe, loving home. How do you give? You make your check payable to Faith United Methodist Church. And be sure to enter Well Root Family Services in the memo area. Uh, you can mail your check to the treasurer at 13613613613 Woolsey Road, Hampton, Georgia, 30228. Or you can go to the website and click on the donate button and get the information that you need there. So we encourage you to uh, send your tithes and offerings. Uh, members of the church, if you're not a member and you'd like to, uh, and you're blessed by these services and would like to uh, help our little church here on the hill, uh, we certainly invite you to do so. Um, but go to Faith United Methodist Church, or excuse me, Faith United Methodist dot church I can't get used to that dot church but that's our website so I encourage you to go indeed it's a delight to be here today and usually I share from the gospel lesson uh, we read all of them in the Old Testament the psalm and uh, an epistle and a gospel lesson uh, during the service usually but today I wanted to focus on, <clears throat> pardon me, the epistle lesson from uh, 
the Apostle Paul. I also have a book that I want to read a section uh, from. It's a devotional from one of my favorite people, uh, former President Jimmy Carter, in his book, Sources of Strength, that he had written some uh, time back. I used this devotional over and over and over at home. It was a gift to me by my good friend Wayne Cook uh, at Christmas one year. It is uh, actually uh, autographed by President Carter and it's one of my most treasured uh, books and gifts. And so I will read from that in just a few moments. But let me read from uh, the uh, Epistle to the Romans from the Apostle Paul in the 12th chapter, uh, we, the ninth verse. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate, uh, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is noble so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Know if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for the people of God. And if I may, I would read from uh, Mr. Carter's uh, chapter 24, a house with many builders. And he also quotes the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, 10 through 13. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For I have been told that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you says I am a Paul or I am a Paulus and I am a Peter, I am Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let everyone take heed how he builds on it. For there is only one foundation, which is Jesus Christ. 
Paul had sent at least 18 or spent at least 18 months among these people in Corinth and he had been successful in establishing a strong congregation there. Now sometime later he was obviously concerned about divisions within the church as members argued about conflicting loyalties to different preachers who had visited them. As usual, Paul went to the heart of the issue, emphasizing that there was only one foundation for their faith, Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, as the promised Messiah. He went on to say, don't you know that you are the temple of God? So Christ is the foundation, and we Christians are edifices built on it. But how were these early Christians erecting this structure? Each group was beginning somewhere on the foundation of building in its own way. As the walls rose, they didn't match as the roof was on sideways. Each group was pursuing its own ideas and they wound up blaming each other for the incompatibility. What would Paul think about the modern church? Is there a separate Methodist or Presbyterian or Mennonite foundation? Do Baptists have separate conservative and moderate foundations? Is there a Catholic or a Protestant foundation? Or should we all share the same foundation laid down by Jesus Christ? There are unpleasant, bitter divisions and even wars among those of us who compose the temple of God. Some want hardwood floors, others carpets. Some like a hip roof, some prefer a more simple gable roof. There are strong preferences between wood and metal window frames. And how about the color of the front door? These are important issues, we insist, and we can't understand why anyone would disagree with us. Or perhaps it's best just to find a place on the foundation of Christ and build our own tiny houses out of straw or pasteboard plastic and not even relate to others after all they're obviously wrong and probably inferior we argue argue incessantly about separation of church and state the priesthood of believers ordination of women prayer in schools LGBT rights predestination inerrancy public funds for schools church schools, and a number of other crucial issues. Perhaps worse than the Corinthians, we forget the solid, unquestionable, unifying foundation of our faith in the gentle Jesus, full of grace and truth. As Cecil Sherman, a leader of the moderate Baptist, has said, too many churches are majoring in the minors. We're given a foundation of excellence, truth, justice, service, sharing, and unselfish love. How should we build on this foundation? I can think of five ways, all admirable. One is good living based on prayer and constant communication with God. A second is holiness, a life in which we are careful to avoid sin. A third is the spirit-filled or charismatic life exemplified by the disciples at Pentecost. Another is to be compassionate to the poor, perhaps building houses for them. And a final one is evangelism, telling people about Jesus Christ. 
There's certainly nothing wrong with any of these. Do we need prayer to be holy, to be filled with the Spirit, to minister to the needy, to witness for Christ? Certainly we do. The problem is when we Christians select one or two of these and say, this is the religious foundation on which I build my life, and those who build in other ways are wrong. As Paul will advise, we need to meld them all into a beautiful and harmonious structure. How can this be done? Harmony can be reached by referring to the most exalted goals of Christianity. It seems illogical, but these are the ones that require the most modest talents, intelligence, and influence. When we remember the pure teachings of Jesus, we realize that any human being can espouse truth, justice, humility, and compassion. This is where we find the common foundation for our Christian lives. Thank you, President Jimmy Carter, for those wonderful words of wisdom. And we wish you and Ms. Rosalind and all your family well, as always. There are many parts to the Christian faith in all faiths, inside Christianity and outside of Christianity. But the one foundation is love. That's what God wanted us to realize in Jesus was love and compassion and caring for one another to seek to be better people. Holiness, if you will, to realize that, you know, whatever our sins are, that we need to work on that, and we need to confess them to God, and that we need to treat each other better, and do all that we can. Remember last week I read about, to you from the Gospel of Matthew, when Peter said, Jesus, Jesus asked, had asked the question, who do you think that I am? And, and Peter said, you're the son of the living God, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not shown this to you. But God has revealed this to you. And then in the very next chapter of this week's lesson, Peter uh, is told by Jesus that he's going to suffer many things and that he's going to Jerusalem and he's going to die. And Peter rebukes the Lord and said, we're never going to let that happen. And then Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. After he had just previously said, Peter, you're the rock on which we're going to build the church. Don't come with me. Uh, with those evil words. And Peter, as we know, wound up being crucified himself, and tradition says he was crucified upside down as he went around and shared the gospel. All of the disciples, all of those early apostles, and many followers of Jesus suffered many things. And Paul says here in the book, uh, in his letter to the Romans, to love genuinely, hate what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. And it goes on, and, and I've listed them all to you. Mr. Carter told you that there are often divisions within the local church and the denominations, the church broader, over things that may not really matter 
They matter a lot to some. We had our North Georgia United Methodist Church conference yesterday, virtually for the first time in history. And it went along rather smoothly. There are things that we heard that maybe we agree with and don't agree with. There are things that are coming before us next year at the general conference that will shape the future of our denomination. There may be a new denomination that probably will that will come out of that. That breaks my heart. It breaks many of our hearts. I believe that God wants us all to love each other and accept each other and find ways to walk in harmony with each other. If we disagree, we disagree. But we all agree that Jesus Christ is Lord if we're Christians. We all believe that Jesus came to this earth to show us a more excellent way to teach us how to live, to show us what love really means. All of the letters in the New Testament, everything boils down to that love and that higher love and all the other loves, uh, expressions of love fall under that. That we, when we disagree, we still love each other. We still prefer our brother, our sister. Of course, there were cultural things in, in, in that time that uh, may cause us to interpret differently. There's traditions, there are things that we didn't understand throughout the ages, things that we won't, you know, we'll say we're okay with science in some things, but we're not okay with it in other things, so we pick and choose, as uh, Mr. Carter said and the Apostle Paul said, that we tend to do that. We're kind of cafeteria Christians, as they say many times. Well, I guess it's always been that way. There's always been divisions, unfortunately. In the Old Testament, divisions. The New Testament, divisions. In other faiths outside of Christianity and Judaism, there are divisions. But we're all just people trying to find our way. One of my favorite songs, it was back in the 80s. What if God were one of us? Just a slob like one of us, trying to find his way home. And I preached that sermon one time. What if God was one? Well, I've preached it several times. I preach it all the time. God is one of us. If we're Christians and we believe the message, or if we're not Christians, we believe that God has spoken to us and has shown himself to us or God's self to us. And we as Christians to believe that Jesus Christ came and dwelt among us and felt everything that we could possibly feel and taught us all the virtues and showed us all the virtues of what it means to be truly human. And what was his reward for doing that? He was beaten, crucified, put to death. But the good news for us is that he rose again. God is one of us. God understands us. God created us. And over a period of time, we've evolved into who we are. What will be our future? 
What will be the future of faith, not just this congregation, but faith in general? What will be the future of humanity? I think we're at a critical time. It's somewhat of a turbulent time. It's somewhat of a, you know, frightening time. And we hear everybody's views on this, that, and the other thing, and interpretations of history, and what is the most important, and what should we not uh, celebrate, and what should we, and what offends, and what doesn't, and on and on. That's nothing new. It's happened all throughout history, all throughout the scriptures, and I'm sure it will happen in the future. I just pray that we all survive and realize that we're one family, one group of humans that live on this earth. And though we're divided in different uh, races and ethnicities and faiths, religions, no religion, different beliefs, interpretations, political factions, on and on that we all need to show love one to another, to treat each other as we would like to be treated. As I've said many times, just as John Lennon made it clear in that song, some may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I believe that we can all coexist, that we can all find mutual ground, that we don't have to fight and war with each other to do that. And certainly within, I'm gonna narrow it down to the Christian faith because that's who I represent poorly in many ways. But I am what Christianity is supposed to be about, taking a sinner, a human being, and allowing God's grace to work through that individual and to learn and to grow. That's what we're all about. We're God's wonderful masterpieces. Sometimes we don't look very pretty, do we? But I urge you, just as the Apostle Paul, as Jesus himself, Mr. Carr, all of us who believe that we can overcome all our, I'm not gonna say differences because it's gonna be hard to overcome differences, but we can overcome the division among us and live in harmony and find mutual ground and move to a more perfect faith, a more perfect humanity, a more perfect world if we put our minds and hearts together, and then we can still believe as we want to believe in the midst of all that. But remember that God loves you, and I speak to my brothers and sisters in honor and all other faiths, but my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, that we are called to love one another and to love those outside the faith as much as we love inside our faith and to treat others with dignity 
and each other with dignity and to prefer each other and outdo each other, Paul says, in loving and doing good deeds. And when people treat us wrong, love them. Return with love, not hate. That's the Christian way. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now join with me as we share our faith and profess our faith in the historic confession of our Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was received by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and from thence shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen and amen. Now may God bless each and every one of you. Heal those who are sick, those who are suffering, those who are struggling in this difficult time, those who are victims of this horrible virus, those who are suffering economically, those who are feeling different ways in the middle of the unrest that we all face. May we turn our eyes to the light above and be guided by that light. Jesus Christ is that light. God is that light. God wants us all to walk in unity and harmony. To our brothers and sisters who are outside of our faith, we reach out to you. And we reach out to all and pray God's blessing on you. And we pray that God will bless all in this world as we go our way and as we seek truth. May the blessings of God the Father, our Creator, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer and Comforter, be with you now and forevermore.